everyone. I'm Kelly Clark, and I'm going to discuss in this podcast episode all things water, water, water. Why is hydration especially important in the midst of weight loss? Why does our water weight fluctuate during weight loss? What does it mean when you tell me my water is up or my water is down? Hang tight as I talk you through the ins and outs of hydration and help you to better understand the fluctuations in your water weight during your weight loss journey and just why it's so darn important to drink your freaking water. I'm Kelly Clark, business owner, boy mom, dog mom, nurse practitioner, book nerd, self-improvement obsessed, and a self-proclaimed recovering candyholic. After years of practicing ER medicine as a nurse and then as a nurse practitioner, I decided that I could do a lot more good working with people to prevent the diseases that brought them into the ER in the first place. It was then that I started my business, Medical Weight Loss and Wellness, where we promote and educate on the many benefits of a ketogenic lifestyle. A decade later, we have two locations and I employ 30 passionate and amazing women who have become a second family to me. I have found weight loss medicine to be incredibly challenging and immensely rewarding. It is one of the most complex areas of medicine due to how intimately intertwined the relationship is between our metabolic physiology and our personal psychology. In Confessions of a Candyholic, I will pull the many dynamics of weight loss together through the telling of my personal stories, the inspiring journeys of our patients, the experiences of my nursing staff. I'll even drop some keto knowledge and I'll discuss matters that can help improve your life. Change is hard, but it is only through change that we can level up to become the best version of who we are. It would be my pleasure to hold your hand as we all work together to become better versions of ourselves. It's important you understand why an optimal hydration status is so essential. Water influences every system and function within the body. It's the building block of new cells and key to proper cellular function. It helps with metabolizing and transporting the nutrients from the food you eat to nourish your body. It helps the body flush waste, mainly through our urine. It helps maintain a healthy body temperature. It protects sensitive tissue. It's part of the fluid that surrounds and protects the brain. It's also part of the shock absorbency system in the spine. It helps keep your joints lubricated. And of course, it can aid in weight loss, which I'll discuss in more depth as we go along. A few interesting facts about body water composition. In general, women have a lower body water percentage than men. This is because women have more tissue than men. The ideal percentage for adult women will fluctuate between 45 and 60% of the total body, while the ideal percentage for men will range between 50 and 65% of their total body. 75% of Americans are chronically dehydrated. Dehydration is one of the most common preventable medical conditions in the world, and it affects millions in the U.S. Yet for something so common, most of us are unaware of how dehydration truly affects us. Dehydration causes fatigue. Fatigue is the most common symptom of dehydration, and it's said to be the number one cause of midday fatigue. Did you know that when you are just starting to feel thirsty, you are most likely already mildly dehydrated? Dehydration triggers the body's thirst response. Studies have shown that just 1-2% to dehydration can trigger thirst. This level of dehydration can happen quickly, especially following exercise, sweating on a hot summer day, or when you're battling an illness. Dehydration can cause brain fog and irritability, even mild. Mild dehydration has been shown to put stress on our cognitive functioning. For some, dehydration was linked to a dip in concentration and short-term memory, as well as an increase in the feelings of anxiety and irritability. Other symptoms of dehydration include headache, muscle weakness and cramps, constipation, and dry, flaky skin. 
Most people can tolerate a 3 to 4% decrease in total body water without significant adverse health effects. A 5 to 8% decrease can cause extreme fatigue and dizziness. Loss of over 10% of total body water can cause physical and mental decline accompanied by severe thirst. Death occurs at a loss between 15 and 25% of our body water. There is no disputing just how important maintaining hydration status is to our body, but it is especially important when adhering to a ketogenic diet and attempting to lose weight. Let's discuss the relationship between fat loss and water weight while on plan doing a ketogenic diet while working to lose weight. Keep in mind the following concepts apply to the fat loss water relationship while adhering to plan. It does not apply for those that are not adhering to a keto diet or even to someone who is in maintenance keto. The first thing I want to establish is that when it comes to the scale, please do yourself a favor and stop obsessing about that water number. I'm not saying getting your gallon or at least three quarters of your gallon in each day is not important. I'm simply telling you to stop reading so much meaning into the water number. If you are reliably drinking most three quarters or more of your required one gallon, you're on the right track and your water is where it should be, whether it's up or it's down. Rarely is water weight the same from week to week, so fluctuations are normal and expected. When evaluating the Tanita scale printout each week, I want you to remember that while losing weight, we will be looking for a downward trend in fat mass and total weight, along with the appropriate fluctuations in water. I'm going to do my best to explain this somewhat abstract concept to you by discussing just how water works with fat loss. Fat cells do not normally hold a significant amount of water. They are mostly made of stored fatty acids. While in nutritional ketosis, the fatty acids will exit the fat cells. Once fatty acids move out, water temporarily moves in and takes space, filling the fat cell as the body adjusts to the fat loss. Just what exactly does the body have to adjust to, you ask? Well, if you think about it, most everything in the body is controlled by a delicate balance of hormones. Management of this balance has a lot to do with our body composition. If you gain or lose weight, hormone production and release adjusts accordingly, always working to find homeostasis or balance. And I'm not just talking about male and female hormones, but also the hormones that regulate entire organs, affecting such diverse processes as growth and development, reproduction. Hormones also influence the way the body manages our blood pressure and our heart rate, how the body uses and stores energy and controls fluid volume and the levels of sodium and glucose in the blood, and so on. Imbalance in any of our many, many hormones can elicit significant responses within the body and cause chaos. Now that I've established how important and delicate hormonal balance is, let's get back to the role this plays in the fat loss water relationship. Remember I mentioned how fatty acids exit the fat cells. Water flows into the fat cells and holds space within that fat cell. The water holding space within the fat cells allows the body the opportunity to adjust to the fat mass recently lost, making adjustments to all the many hormones within the body. Once the body adjusts and finds that state of homeostasis, which could take anywhere from two to seven days, the fat cells release the water that has been holding space. We refer to this phenomenon, this sudden, oftentimes it's like overnight, release of the water from the fat cells as the whoosh effect. 
It's important to understand that the weeks you lose more fat, your water will be up and you'll often exhibit little to no total weight loss. However, the following week, you will see the fat mass stays the same as the week prior, or maybe down a bit or even up a tad, but your water is down, revealing a loss in your total weight. So the weeks you don't lose much in your total weight are often the ones you lose fat mass. And the weeks you do lose total weight, you often don't lose fat mass or very little, but your water is down due to the whoosh effect phenomenon. Now, Going forward into the next week, that water will rise again in preparation of pushing out fatty acids, preparing for fat loss, and then positioning itself in the fat cell to hold space. You see, it's a cycle. This is how it's supposed to happen. This is physiologic. It is imperative you understand this concept and manage your expectations accordingly. You will often see one week you lose more followed by a week of less, and this is normal. The fat mass water cycle is the reason we don't advise weighing yourself daily. You will go up before you go down, always. And if you look at that number every single day without an understanding of the fat loss water cycle concept, you will get incredibly frustrated. Not to mention, you will stress yourself out, raising your cortisol, which will make it much more difficult to lose fat. Going back to the fat loss water cycle, I touched on this a little bit, but I'm going to go into a tad more depth. Patients typically see a pattern emerge along their weight loss journey, where one week they lose more, followed by a week of less, or again, maybe not at all, or maybe even going up. So one week more, one week less. This is the most typical pattern. However, we do see some who lose a more significant amount of weight, followed by two weeks of little or no loss, followed then by a week of more significant loss. Every single body is different, but the vast majority do establish a pattern after the first three to four weeks on the program, given they adhere to the program. I can't stress enough that everything I just talked about pertains to the individual who is adhering to the program and consistently remaining in the state of nutritional ketosis. The fat loss water cycle patterns and our ability to compare trends on a week-to-week basis simply do not apply under certain circumstances. And quite honestly, I don't even indulge in a discussion about fat mass and water with a patient if any of the following 10 situations apply. Number one. You just started the program. During the first one to two or even three weeks after starting the program, the body is doing a lot of adjusting. You do lose mostly water with some fat, but mostly water those first one to two weeks. This must happen. And let me explain why. For us to begin burning our fat for fuel, we first need to deplete the body of the sugar or glycogen it has stored in our muscles and liver. This is what part one of the program is about. Having very little to zero carbs allows the body to swiftly use up that stored sugar. Once we use that up, we tap into our fat cells. Number two, you are in and out of ketosis throughout the week. This never allows the cycle to get started. So what's the purpose in evaluating the tinnitus breakdown? Number three, you are in ketosis but consuming too much or too little protein. 
or maybe too many carbs, but perhaps not enough carbs to knock you out of ketosis. Any of this will stall or halt fat loss. And if no fatty acids are exiting the fat cells, there is no reason water will rise to push them out. The body is going to hold on to the fat in the fat cells. Number four, you've experienced a recent illness. In such a stress state, the body will hold on to fat and not let it go. So comparisons just lack accuracy. Number five, going on and off a water pill or a diuretic. This interferes with the body's water balance and will skew patterns from emerging or not allow enough body water to rise and properly flush fatty acids out. Let me be clear, I'm not talking about someone who takes their prescribed diuretic on a daily basis, but rather those who take it irregularly based on feeling bloated or swollen. Number six, if you're consistently consuming under three quarters of your required one gallon of hydration per day, you may lose fat, but the fat loss water cycle will be significantly slowed and patterns may or may not emerge. Number seven, just prior to or the very beginning of a woman's menstrual cycle. At this time, water will often rise in response to a woman's cycle. Not to say she isn't losing fat during this time, but the water levels will often be increased beyond her norm. This does not allow for an accurate comparison. Number eight, for some men over 300 pounds and some women over 275 pounds, the scale gets confused due to the vascular integrity of some of these individuals. Water numbers are just wonky. Oftentimes in these cases, as the individual loses weight and vascular integrity improves, a pattern will emerge that warrants fat mass water comparisons. Until then, we tend to focus on the total weight only. Number nine, if you just lifted heavy weights, particularly lower body, 24 to 48 hours prior to a weigh-in. Why? Because water will rise, and for some quite a bit, due to localized inflammation of the muscle tissue. This too will not allow for accurate comparisons of fat mass and water. And number 10, maintenance patients. If you're in maintenance, your objective is not to lose weight. You may be cycling in and out of ketosis, which is great, but comparing a maintenance weight breakdown to your fat mass and water weights while you were actively losing is a moot point. Rather, we will compare maintenance weigh-ins to other maintenance weigh-ins. Would you have ever thought there was so much involved when it comes to hydration and water weight? It is a lot, and I will make it simple for you very soon, but I'm going to first summarize just how very important it is to work on getting that gallon in every single day. We need optimal hydration to facilitate the fat loss water cycle. If we aren't well hydrated, we can feel lousy, muscle cramps, constipation, fatigue, headaches, and so on. When we are in the state of nutritional ketosis, our insulin levels decrease. Lower insulin levels allow us to burn fat, but it also allows for less sodium reabsorption to occur in the kidneys, which means we are naturally going to diurese or get rid of more water, especially that water that makes us feel bloated and weighted down. Due to this phenomenon, we need to be replacing water consistently to remain well hydrated. And keeping our hydration status on the up and up can help control hunger and cravings. Now, with all this talk about hydration, I can't wrap it up without mentioning caffeine. I know for many of you, this is one of the most difficult things you have to give up, but I promise you there are good reasons. Number one, caffeine does have a diuretic effect. The caffeine diuretic effect coupled with the diuretic effect of nutritional ketosis can definitely make you more susceptible to mild dehydration, thus slowing down the fat loss water cycle and making you feel lousy. Number two, caffeine raises insulin levels. 
particularly in those who have metabolic damage or excess weight on them. When insulin levels are too high, we simply can't burn fat efficiently. And number three, caffeine can stimulate hunger for many. We are working hard to control hunger and regulate hunger hormones. Caffeine can most definitely bring about intense cravings. Now, this doesn't mean you must refrain from caffeine forever. In small to moderate amounts, research has shown caffeine does have benefits. However, these benefits apply to a metabolically healthy individual. So once you are at your goal, go ahead and introduce a little caffeine back in if you like and go from there. How do you feel after that crash course regarding the importance of hydration and the fat mass water cycle? Is your head spinning yet? I know mine kind of is. So... I'm going to conclude by tying things up in a pretty little box with a pretty little bow by putting it like this. There are two important questions you need to ask yourself before every weigh-in. One, are you getting in at least three quarters of your gallon, 96 ounces, per day, every single day? And two, have you been in ketosis and not deviated from plan over the last week or hopefully weeks? Yes to both? Good. Water weight will go up and down in the midst of weight loss. Totally normal. If you are consistently getting in at least three quarters of your gallon, then your water is exactly where it needs to be. High or low. Doesn't matter. High doesn't mean good and low doesn't mean bad and vice versa. You gotta get this out of your head that it does. You are not going to lose fat every single week. You are not going to see the numbers come down every single week. The body needs to make metabolic and hormonal adjustments along the way, as I discussed earlier. Water distribution allows the body to do this. Remember, water will always rise in preparation and in the process of fat loss. As your body burns fat, water increases, pushes fatty acids out of the fat cells, Water temporarily fills in where the fat had been. Body makes hormonal adjustments and then, wait for it, whoosh, the water is gone and the cycle begins again. The takeaway, just drink the freaking water and trust in the process and please stop obsessing over the water numbers. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and consider giving me a five-star rating. Until next time, bye everyone. Bye.